So we're going to be talking about both of our experiences with brain injuries. So a little bit of perspective. I'm about a year and a half recovered from my brain injury, and Carly is pretty much right in the thick of it. She's having a very great day right now, but she's about two months into her recovery of her brain injury. So do you want to start by um, saying exactly what happened and how you got your brain injury? Yes. Um, so basically, it was just a normal day. My friends and I went to this um, like bicycle trail kind of down by the beach and we all brought like our skateboards and they were rollerblading so we were all just kind of in this group skating together and I didn't have shoes on I didn't have a helmet and I was on my phone going downhill and that's the last thing I remember and then I woke up in the hospital my friends like sitting next to me and I guess what happened is I fell off my board and my skull slapped on the pavement and yeah, <laughs> I broke my, I fractured my temporal bone and occipital bone and had a gnarly concussion. And yeah, I was in the hospital for like six days or so. I've heard this story before and it's still like when, when you tell it again, I'm just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Being on the pavement and everything and the speed of being on. Yeah. And completely, yeah, I don't remember anything. Apparently I was still conscious, but my brain like cut all that memory out. So I was still talking to people. I was reactionary, but I just don't have any recollection. So it's pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, my experience was very similar with the lost time. So I lost about two hours of memory from when I got my brain injury. And I remember talking to my neurologist, and they just kept saying um, that I would eventually most likely remember what had happened. And I'm a year and a half out, and I'm like, I still remember nothing from those two hours. So I don't think that is coming back. I think it was too traumatic and it's like yeah. our brain trying to protect us from what happened. Um, so I'll go ahead and share how exactly. I got my brain injury. Um, so kind of similar situation to you in the sense of like a fairly normal day. Um, my family had actually traveled um, about an hour out from Fresno to a place called Bass Lake for Christmas. So I got my brain injury on December 23rd, right, right before the holiday started. And basically what I understand of what happened is I had the flu, um, on this, on this trip and I was unaware of it. Um, prior to going on the trip, I knew that I was coming down with something, but I had slept it off for about 16 hours, thought I was getting better. Um, we had done the trip, had arrived and I went straight to sleep just to make sure that I fully recovered before enjoying like the holiday. And basically it ended up happening in the middle of the night. They think that I got up to go to the bathroom and had gotten really dizzy with just low blood pressure and a fever and everything and fell and hit pretty much everything in the general vicinity of the area I was in. Mm -hmm. um, nobody witnessed it, but what I had heard was that they heard three smacks as I was going down. So they think that I probably hit like the pool table or the chair or the stairs. Uh, uh, maybe an open door, just a combination of things because I had quite a few um, like physical inj injuries in addition to um, the concussion. So mm -hmm. I ended up cutting open above my eye, like eye right here, kind of eyebrowish area. Um, I had torn something like underneath one of my, my arms and I fractured my nose. There was just a bunch of physical trauma in addition to the concussion. And kind of how like you and I had talked about for me, I didn't even really know that about the concussion until later because everyone was so focused on like the physical outer trauma that was visible. Exactly. Yeah. 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 
And do you, you have some lasting effects from that as well that you, yeah. Yeah. So the main ones that I experienced early on were like the typical one that's usually promoted is like the brain fog. Mm-hmm. So I had a really severe brain fog where I couldn't focus for any longer than max 15 minutes. So if I was having a conversation with someone, if it went beyond 15 minutes, the likelihood is that I wouldn't remember the conversation at all. Yeah. Um, and would just completely like glaze over, tune out. Um, I had really severe fatigue. So if like physically staying awake, I could probably go about three hours, you know, with you know, being careful about, you know, what I was doing. But Mm -hmm. after about three hours, I had to sleep for at least five or six, like almost double the time that I was awake to recover early on. Um, I also developed a couple long term symptoms. The first one was tinnitus in my ear, which is basically a ringing sound. Mm -hmm. Um, It's triggered by a a lot of different things. Uh, I notice it if I don't get enough sleep, if I don't eat well, um, if I'm stressed, but also just with like really high pitched sounds, there will be like times when I'll be be like super irritated. Like, what is that sound? Oh my gosh, can it just please stop? And everyone in the room is like, what are you talking about? And it'll like take everybody a minute and then they'll be like, are you talking about the refrigerator? (laughs) I mean, like, is that what's driving you nuts? (laughs) Or like, (laughs) Um, it could just be something super subtle and it just like triggers the ringing in my ears mm-hmm. and it usually lasts for about 60 seconds. And it, it, I know that the sounds exist. Like it's not like just something inside my head, but a lot of the times people in the room are just kind of like, wow, I can't even believe you were um, like in yeah. tune with that at all. Yeah. And then the other symptom that was pretty long lasting was I developed essential tremors which basically is when your like extremities, typically your fingers will shake. Um, So I had a really hard time in the beginning, like I play instruments and I I couldn't play my guitar for a couple months because the shaking was so drastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And like teaching was really hard with like the whiteboard and things, but I ended up getting on a medication, which has helped with that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So what about you? So you're, you're right in the middle of it. So what kind of symptoms have you experienced? Have any of them started to kind of develop recently or have they been pretty much throughout the entire time? Um, They've kind of like simmered down a bit. As far as fatigue, I do get um, tired just by doing simple things like going to the grocery store, like walking outside. I'll have to like lay down for a minute after. Um, The most noticeable thing I experience is dizziness. Even if it's like turning my head slightly, I get dizzy. So I can't drive for quite a bit now. I don't know when I'll be able to drive again. So (laughs) that's kind of unfortunate. Um, And then another thing I experienced, like we had talked about, was kind of like periods of like intense mania. You know, like I had no real judgments, I guess, about my actions. So Mm -hmm. when I first went home after my head injury, I was like online shopping left and right, like literally spending hundreds which I never do ever (laughs) and I would just get an insane amount of packages dropped off at my door and I was like oh my god this is really embarrassing and then I um, impulsively signed myself up for this GRE which is the test for grad school in like Mm -hmm. two months and I was like there's no way I could study for that in time and it was like a $200 test so yeah just kind of very impulsive actions 
like impeded judgment and just yeah. I guess yeah so I'm um, kind of waiting on that to <laughs> pick up so I saw a question sorry I just kind of wanted to go off of this because it's actually a really great question yeah um, I don't know if this is one of your friends or not that's my friend Mariah okay Mariah cool. so I can see the actual school. name hi Mariah um, your question is awesome. So uh, she asked if we've seen any differences between us in regard to like our symptoms and our experiences. And I, I think the main thing that we kind of acknowledge as being different, I think was sort of, um, I, I feel like we were talking about kind of like what were you just saying when you kind of had like those experiences of like mania and impulsivity. Yes. So I think that would be be the main difference between you and I in regards to like the mental health component, how we're impacted. Mm -hmm. But I want to say though that I also did have mental health issues after my concussion, just it manifested a little bit differently. Yeah. So um, for me, I have a pre-existing mental health disorder um, called obsessive compulsive disorder, which comes with a lot of um, anxiety and panic attacks when um, I'm heavily triggered. So after my brain injury, I noticed a spike in the amount of panic attacks that I was having and how drastic they were. So prior to that, I mean, I got diagnosed when I was nine years old. So I had so many coping mechanisms, like most people pretty much could, couldn't tell you that I had a mental health disorder. Um, but after the brain injury, I, I kind of had similar moments of just like, completely staggering emotions like I'll go from one minute where I was like super giddy and I had sort of like mm -hmm. um an air about me where it's like oh I'm actually feeling good today like maybe I'm I'm actually getting better finally um and then I would go from being like really sad where I was just like crying hysterically and I couldn't get myself to stop yeah. um I had a couple episodes where I got really angry at people um so for me it was kind of similar in the sense of like mood um, but just like it just being so up and down, um, it kind of hit a peak at one moment. Um, I had actually just started driving again. So how you were saying you weren't able to drive it was kind of the same with me. Mine wasn't as severe as yours, but they recommended that I didn't drive anywhere, but from work to home, which was about a five minute drive. So I wasn't like visiting yeah. any family who lived like 30 minutes away or anything. So yeah. it was like very short bursts and my luck being on one of the first days that I had started driving again, my car had actually broken down. <laughs> so nice. I mean, under, under a normal situation, people would be stressed about that, but that ended up just being like a crazy trigger. Um, I ended up calling my dad. He came, he came and got me and I was just having like a full blown panic attack, like yelling at him from the car because he was trying to help me and be like, we got to get your car in. Like, so you have, are able, you know, to get to work tomorrow. I was trying to make it better. Um, yeah. Bless his heart. He did so well in this situation, but I was just so overly stimulated in the situation that I couldn't make any decisions. I just completely shut down. I was crying and, and you know, just getting yeah. angry and, and just everything. like your emotion. No. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And that happened a couple times uh, where it got like pretty intense. And then pretty much after it had happened, I was just, my body was just so done. Like I could just feel like the body aches, like just needing to sleep to recover. Um, but yeah, that was one of the big ones that had happened. And then I had one, again, that's pretty memorable. Um, I had actually gone in, it's kind of another side story, but I had gone in for for a checkup and they had determined that I needed to have another brain scan because they had thought mm -hmm. that I had a skull fracture that was overlooked in the ER 
Um, and we kind of talked about this, how we had similar symptoms here. So the reason they thought I had a skull fracture was because I was having drainage from my nose that was not nasal fluid. Um, and they couldn't figure out what was causing it. And when I had gone in and was like referred to get the brain scan, there was this huge insurance debacle, not necessarily with my insurance, but I guess like hundreds of people had gotten denied in that particular day because there was some sort of glitch in the system because it was like going into the new year. Interesting. Um, and again, just, you know, stressful for anybody. But in that situation, it was another one of those where it just completely triggered me. And it was the same thing of just like the up and down emotions where I went from being really sad to crying to getting angry because nobody was fixing it for me. Um, and, and then just kind of like fearful thinking that, you know, nobody knows what's wrong with me. They missed this in my ER. What if, like, what if this is like, you know, I kind of got like dramatic and I'm like, you know, what if this is serious? What if I'm going to end up like, you know, possibly dying if I don't get, you know, this discovered soon. And yeah. it was just, it just got really intense, but I was yeah. lucky that most of that stuff mellowed out after getting um, put on medication, which I'm still on, but hopefully won't be on for too much longer since yeah. they say like the recovery is about two years. Interesting. Yeah. See, my doctors didn't give me like a flat timeline. They were kind of all over the place. Like, oh, five months, oh, like a year. Oh. <laughs> it's like, okay. I just, yeah. Heart, like all of the info they gave me was while I was like fresh out of the brain injuries. So I, basically don't remember a lot of it too which is unfortunate <laughs> yeah we had kind of talked about that too with going in to see you know a, a medical professional yeah and it's I mean I've been lucky I had really really great like ER um helpful people like doctors neurologists like they were all great but at the same time it's like you walk into the office and it's kind of like oh a concussion case another guinea pig yeah. to, to explore <laughs> because they know so little about the brain so everything that they tell you it's like well we've seen a pattern with like the 10 concussion patients we've experienced in the past like x amount of years but nobody knows why this happens nobody you know it's just yeah it, it doesn't make you feel good <laughs> when you have something going on that's pretty severe and they're just like well give it another week maybe yeah. in two weeks it'll be fine okay yeah. three weeks like, especially when it's going. your brain like that's pretty that's pretty major to have like an injury from, you know yeah it's scary exactly um so I'm, I'm curious are there any other experiences that you've had since you know getting your brain injury that were kind of like surprising like what happened where you were like oh this is like out of the normal this might be um a brain injury related situation versus just a normal like oh qu coincidental like health issue yeah um probably short-tempered you know my boyfriend would probably agree. <laughs> He's like, man, you've been getting angry at me for like the smallest things. I'm like, I'm sorry. Um, and I was watching the news a lot too at first mm -hmm. and I would get so upset, like just about the whole coronavirus thing and how it's all being like handled. So just like kind of, I guess, tempered. And as I was scrolling through like Instagram and stuff, like a post would make me laugh super hard and then post would like, almost make me tear up and then like another yeah. post would just bring another emotion so it's kind of just like uh, as if I had like no real control over it so yeah, yeah. kind of similar I can't even imagine going through like brain injury recovery at a time like this 
Yeah, it, makes, it almost makes me feel better that everyone's quarantined so I don't have to like feel unproductive or that I'm stuck in the house because everybody is. <laughs> so true, true. So it, it does make recovery, I guess, a, a bit more practical, so to speak. Exactly. How was the process um, like getting disability? Was that um, smooth or were there difficulties with it? It was actually pretty easy. Um, it was right before the whole coronavirus outbreak so I got in pretty quickly and my doctor just had to provide a note for them and then they sent me a paycheck like two days later it was such a quick process what ended up happening with me is I started out because it happened over the holidays I actually had two full weeks that were thankfully everybody was you know not working as teachers because it was like the holiday break um and that was mostly the time when I was like physically healing, like visually healing, um, with like the bruising under my eyes and like the fracture in my nose and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which was actually really important because when I went back to school, even with some of the remnants, it was pretty, uh, appalling for my students. It very distracting to kind of see like, Oh, what happened to my teacher? She has bruises everywhere. So it wasn't like the best situation to go back with even any physical trauma. Yeah. Um, so that was part of it. And then when I went back, I had a doctor's note basically saying that I needed to work half time. So it was scheduled for me to basically work the morning of the day. So basically up until like recess or lunch and then have a sub after. I did that for about, uh, no, actually, I think, it, yeah, I did that for two, I did that for like a week or two. And that was when all of a sudden I had like the post concussion syndrome which we had talked about a little bit where it was like, I didn't have any concussion symptoms. Then all of a sudden it was like full blown. Yeah. And that week was really intense because I thought that I was fine to work. I kind of eased my students into like some new rules and procedures with regard to like, this is how we're going to learn with the teacher who is still, still healing. Um, so like I had, you know, regulate voice level and, you know, I couldn't be a lot of hugging and things because there was fear of the max to like hitting my nose and just, a lot of yeah. different things. So I kind of just got them into the groove with that. And then I started just getting slammed with all of these really bizarre symptoms. And the first one was the tinnitus that I had told you about. And it came up, I was going to get my students from lunch and they usually sit in kind of a lunch area where they're kind of all a big group and it's super noisy. And mm -hmm. I got triggered with the tinnitus. And it was just one of those situations where I just dropped to the floor, like covering my ears. I couldn't handle it. It was so loud. Wow. And, um, a staff member had to come and like get me and basically like separate me from the area. So that was kind of like the first really crazy uh, symptom. And yeah. then in that same week, I had had the um, draining start from my nose. And I was just really stubborn too. I just kept thinking like, oh, I can get through this. Like, I'm fine. It'll be okay. And, cause I had already gone back and I didn't want to have to kind of like remake that I had started to go back mm -hmm. and I ended up calling my mom and I was just, just like, how are you doing today? Give me an update. And I told her what was happening and she goes, uh, that, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> and then like one of my coworkers had come in the classroom and I told her what happened and she's just super intelligent. And she goes, um, that sounds like brain fluid. You, maybe you shouldn't be here. And so that everyone started getting concerned at work that I was at work. And I'm like, do you want me to just leave? Like, there's no sub here. What do you want me to do? So then everyone's starting to scramble to cover my class. And my mom being amazing, she didn't even like take a minute. She's like, okay, she's already called me. I know something weird's going on. So she actually drove from Simi Valley to Camrio where I work, came into my principal's office and goes, 
my daughter needs to leave. <laughs> like as an adult, my mom came basically to rescue me. Um, and she ended up taking me into the doctors. We got checked for that. And that was basically the whole situation I told you about earlier with um, trying to get that brain scan and everything. And I ended up coming back clear. To this day, they don't know why. Yeah. They still yeah. don't know why. Because so, it seems like there's like, like little else things that that could be, you know? Yeah. They had... I had done so many tests. I ended up doing um, two different scans after already having done the ones in the ER. And they just kept coming back clear, like no, you know, extensive trauma besides the fact that my brain shook when I had, you know, hit the yeah. ground or whatever. Um, yeah. And then there was just, like I said, so many bizarre symptoms. Like I started running a fever that same week. And I learned that it's very rare apparently to get the same like flu in the same season, mm -hmm. it's like 1% of the population can get it. So they kept, I ended up going every single day of the week and they kept testing me for the flu. I kept um, coming back negative. And they're like, well, this doesn't make sense. You're running 103 fever and we can't figure out what it is. They tested for strep, like all of these different things and just everything kept coming back negative. And then just one day I woke up and I didn't have a fever, wasn't draining anymore. Like a couple of the symptoms had stopped, but it just, it still was super bizarre. I couldn't really figure out um, yeah. what was happening. I kind of experienced something similar. Um, I would notice like leakage mostly down the back of my throat and I started doing some research on it and I did find out about that cerebral brain fluid leak or whatever it's called. Um, and it does kind of taste a little metallic. And yeah. I guess it's more like positional. If you're like sitting up, it gives you kind of a headache and then you lay down, it kind of relieves it. So I, there was a time I experienced that a little bit. Um, but for the most part, it's like died down, but I still have that like remaining metallic taste in my mouth. So it just, it does feel weird, you know? Oh, going into that, speaking of taste, can, yes. you, can you explain one of your, this is, this goes back to that earlier question with Mariah. I can't believe I didn't think about this. There, I, you have a very I, yeah. big difference in one of our symptoms. What, what is that crazy symptom you have? Yeah. So I lost my um, sense of smell and taste. So I guess um, I did some research on it, and when I fell, my the back of my head hit the ground, and then the front of my brain, like, rocked against my skull. So I guess that, like, either messed with my olfactory nerve, like, right up here, or it was something to do with my frontal lobe. Um, but it, like, it comes back in tiny little amounts like there's still things I can't taste like cilantro which makes me really sad and then I can't smell like coffee or lavender but then certain things I can taste like mango it's it's very like random and it I yeah <laughs> it's hard to explain but yeah. I've been hooked on drinking LaCroix because certain flavors I can taste and then the sparkly feel in my mouth just feels good because nothing else really does you know so it's... Yeah, I have a question about that. So I've obviously never experienced not having the ability to smell or taste, but I just yeah. know from like when you get sick, just like a regular like cold in your nose and stuff, you have, yeah. it makes it very hard to eat foods. Like, did you feel yourself like not getting hungry or like not feeling good after you eat? Like, are you, how, how is that impacting like your ability to, you know, stay nourished and healthy? Um, at first, I had no appetite, um, but actually, as it went on, my body still remembers what I like, so I still crave pizza, and I still crave all these crazy things, even though I can't really taste it fully. Okay. Um, but yeah, now I can actually focus on the foods that 
make me feel physically good because the pleasure of like instant gratification after eating it is not really there anymore. So it's that is kind of a nice difference, but I guess that's kind kind of a perk. <laughs> it's just like being able to be like, well, I can't taste the difference between salad and a peach. Yeah, I eat the salad. <laughs> I can taste like the fundamental flavors of stuff. So like if okay. it's sweet or salty or bitter, I taste that. But like anything beyond that is I just don't really taste and I think that's because my smell is gone so I can't get that like aromatic flavors or whatever it is yeah and that was one of the things that your doctor said that they had no clear timeline on right yeah he didn't want to give me a solid answer because sometimes it just doesn't come back he said about 25 percent of people with brain injuries lose their sense of smell and taste so I could like fall into that category I should know in about four months if it's still gone then I probably won't have it yeah you're gonna have to let me know yeah Lindsay's in the comments right now and she's saying cleaning out the litter box should be yeah. easy now that's what I was gonna <laughs> say because I don't smell it at all it's like a piece of cake <laughs> oh my gosh yeah and it's such a strong smell just like nope <laughs> okay so another question that I have for you um and this is kind of playing off of my own experiences how have people reacted to your brain injury like specifically, like have people treated you the same, different? Um, yeah, just what kind of reactions have you gotten? I guess people are pretty like conscientious, conscientious <laughs> of my disability. Like my mom especially was very, very gentle about it. Um, but it's, it is something you kind of have to constantly remind people like, hey, I can't really do this amount of physical activity or like, little too much going on right now so it's yeah. it varies but for the most part everyone's been pretty cool about it that's good I know you've said you've had different experiences with that yeah mine ha has been sort of up and down I think naturally when people can see something they're they're more likely to respond to it like in a positive way so like when I had physical trauma like bruising still from like the nasal fracture and like my stitches and all that stuff and like in the early stages everyone was super supportive and understanding and I'm speaking more about people like outside of my general family dynamic and friends like those people were always supportive um because they yeah. were like in my life like constantly but more like when it came to like uh day-to-day -day interactions like at work um with people that I yeah. used every single day the moment that like the physical trauma went away it was like people had forgot what was going on and uh -huh. constantly had to explain myself so uh -huh. if I kind of said you know I'm not feeling up to it today or something like that sometimes at a certain point they'd be like oh it's been a while like you're still suffering from that like really like you just kind yes. of kind of like like skeptic of it, it being authentically the reason why I was not wanting to do something or if it was just, mm -hmm. oh, you just don't want to go. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So people kind of started to get like that a little bit. And I noticed to like, people would ask like, how are you doing? But they didn't want to hear the answer at a certain point. Like in the beginning, they would genuinely sit and listen and, and kind of like want to know, like literally how was my day going with the brain injury? But then like, around like month three, I would start to talk about what was going on. And they would just start on like a side conversation, like almost like it made them uncomfortable or they just didn't believe it anymore or that I was trying to milk yeah. it or something. And I, and I think that might've stemmed from the fact that I was so in and out of work for so long. People were like, well, she came that week. Why not this week? Yeah. And that was something you and I had talked about where it was like, 
you get this feeling where you think you're fine and you can go 24 to 48 hours with basically your normal energy and no symptoms. And then all of a sudden it's like you wake up one day and it feels like you're hit by a truck. You're like, there's no way I'm getting out of bed. My head is pounding. Like I feel nauseous, whatever, like the shaking, whatever symptoms you have, the tinnitus, like all of that stuff just kind of like comes at you at once because there's, there's a delay. Everything you've done, you know, for the past 48 hours, it was, it was too much. And your body is now telling you like enough basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that happened to me a lot. Um, and I learned a lot about myself through that actually. Um, my identity at the time prior to my brain injury was based off of what I was doing. And I so desperately was trying to get to a sense of normalcy after my brain injury. So I kept being like, well, if I can get back to what I did before, if I can accomplish this task and that task and help this student at work and do this project at work, like I'm going to feel like myself again. And what kept happening was my body just kept being like, are you serious? Like really right now? Like you won't let me heal. And it just, it just kept backfiring and it made my recovery actually like super delayed. I think I would have probably been better much sooner if I would have just been like, all right, I'm just going to stop working regardless of the consequences on my staff or my students or me getting paid and just kind of had just let it be. But I just felt like this pressure to be the same version of myself yeah. and also to prove myself. Cause I was new to that school district too. So it was like, please don't cut me. Like, cause they could easily have fired me if they wanted to at the end of the year, just simply on the fact that I was a temporary employee, not even having anything to do with, you know, yeah. the disability itself. And I just was so terrified of that. So yeah. it really affected my recovery. Could majorly relate to that if I, if it wasn't quarantine season right now. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to try to perform the same because some days you do feel like okay and you feel like you could do more and then you do do more and then the next day you're just like you don't want to get out of bed because it sucked all your energy and yeah I just feel like too like even not even just like the feeling of fatigue but there were so many different like symptoms that would come up when I had hit my threshold Mm -hmm. Uh, like I would I would be at work and like the essential tremors was a big one that was usually where it would start for me kind of later on in the recovery where I would know if I started shaking I would know like whoa I'm pushing my body too hard but a lot of times like that symptom would only come seconds before another really drastic symptom like dizziness like we talked about there were a lot of times when I would be in the middle of class teaching and I was just completely dizzy and I was like okay I just have to stay awake because I'm responsible mm-hmm. for 23 children. Forget the teaching right now. Like, and I'd be like, okay, boys and girls, please take out your Chromebook and play like on your Chromebook. And I would just sit there like drinking water, like eating something, trying to, you know, recover yeah. from that. And That's a couple of times it, it came down to actually having to physically call someone in. But me being me at the time, I took that as a reflection of my capabilities. If I was like, oh, I can't handle it today. Like I, I need someone to come in and, and help me. All right, I have a couple more questions. Are you still up for a couple more? Yeah, we can do it. Okay. Um, I wanted to know how get having a brain injury, not necessarily the symptoms, but how has it like altered your lifestyle? Or how do you think it's going to alter your lifestyle moving forward? I know we're kind of in quarantine. So your lifestyle is already probably not what it usually is. Yeah. Um, how do you see it impacting you moving forward? Um, I guess it will make me more um, aware of my own health. So after having the brain injury, I haven't had like a sip of alcohol for two months and I kind of want to keep it that way. Cause I do, 
I do feel better without drinking in general and like kind of just messing with your body, keeping track of what you put in it. Cause it really does affect you on different levels um, that you couldn't even be aware of until you just cut it out altogether. So it's, yeah. Um, I think mostly like diet is going to change and exercise. Like I can't wait to do yoga again cause I get too dizzy whenever I try. So I'm really yeah. looking forward to that and just prioritizing health from now on, I think. Yeah, I had the same thing. I didn't drink too much to begin with, but it wasn't yeah. something where I wouldn't like deny a drink if I was at like a special occasion. And now it's kind of the same way. For me, I developed migraines after my brain injury. Mm-hmm. Did you have something similar? Um, I've always kind of had migraines, but so far it hasn't really gotten worse, but it's only two months in, so I don't really know fully yet so well hope, hopefully that doesn't develop I feel like that was the earliest thing for me that yeah I had um but yeah I I developed migraines and, and for the most part I'm better the medication I mentioned earlier is propranolol and it's supposed to basically help with the headaches and the essential tremors simultaneously um yeah. it doesn't treat the tinnitus but uh the way they explain it to me is like when you're when you're feeling better in other respects, you're less likely to get triggered with the tinnitus. So it's, it's definitely helped. Um, but I noticed like when I would have alcohol, you know, I, I waited a little bit after the recovery in general, but like even six months out, it would, it would take so little for me to get a migraine. It just wasn't worth it. Yeah. Um, and it would be pretty instantaneous too. It didn't kind of present itself like a hangover where it'd be kind of like delayed, like, you know, it would kind of be like within an hour of having had alcohol, I would have developed yeah um, a migraine so yeah, yeah i i eliminated alcohol too i don't think i've drank in a very i can't even remember the last time i had a drink to be honest <laughs> it is sad because i did love my breweries and stuff but you know yeah. it's almost not worth it anymore because it is yeah. scary once you have something going on up there you never know like how it's going to be affected by what you eat or drink so exactly and i agree with the diet too um i actually started changing my diet around the time of my brain injury as well it wasn't mm-hmm. because of the brain injury, but I had actually recently been tested, like right before I got the brain injury for um, food allergies. And mm-hmm. apparently I have quite a few. I learned that I was allergic to gluten, um, milk, and eggs. So yeah, so then having the brain injury, it was kind of like I already felt not good because of the brain injury. And then adding in the foods that I knew were giving me like subtle allergic reactions and stomach, ache, stomach aches and all these different things, I kind of started like once I got better, and was able to actually like make my own food and things like that again, Um, being more cognizant of what I was eating, because I realized that it's just, it's all interconnected. And if you can at least feel good in one way, it won't be so bad with the other things. So um, I changed my diet as well. Yeah. Um, I feel like work too. Like I, it's just, it's, it's affected everything, just how I think about everything. Um, I've spent this entire school year up until pretty much the school closures, because that's just a wrench in <laughs> the whole process, but trying to change my thinking. Um, prior to my brain injury, it was like, okay, if I work longer than somebody else, I'm the better teacher. That Then that's kind of not even just coming from me. That's sort of like a subtle trend in education right now where people feel like they've got to be like competitive like if you stay longer to work on your bulletin boards or to plan your lessons or to create a cute poster like it makes you the better teacher and people are finally starting to realize that that's not the case like the healthier the teacher is the more of a life the teacher has like the better they are because yeah 
healthy for their students. So that's been something that I've been trying to work through and like reshift my thinking since my brain injury, because honestly, I can't work the same way I did before. Like even with a year and a half almost of recovery, it's still like, if I work a 12 hour day, there's no way I can do the same thing the next day. Yeah. So I still get, get super tired. So I would say that that was also a change for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to see if it'll be the same for me too around that time. I really hope you're able to do yoga again though. That's, that's so hard. It is such a good thing for your body, but then also like, I get what you mean about the dizziness and like the positions. And I can't do downward dog. My doctor told me not to, cause that just puts too much pressure on your brain. And that's just one of the main like, poses in yoga. So it's, yeah, it's just kind of hard to um, find my limits in that. Yeah. And I totally agree with you too. Just like the being more aware and cautious about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, my my favorite thing to do in my free time is go to concerts and there have been multiple times. And I I get so frustrated by this, like, cause I still have tinnitus. So it's, it's like, my whole thing is I like to be at the front stage. You know what I mean? Like, you know, bobbing my head and like having a good time mm-hmm. right up by the snare of the drums and everything. And ever since my brain injury, it's like, not okay. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I talked to some of my favorite bands are like, what are you doing at the front right now? Like, <laughs> go, go, like, go back there. We'll talk to it. And I'm like, but it's just, it's what I love to do. <laughs> so, but yeah. I've had a couple of situations. There was one show. Um, part of it was a, a setup issue. The the band had accidentally set up, set up a mic in front of the drum, so it was way louder than it was intended to. But I literally had to leave the venue because it was such a small, like kind of like bar style venue, and it got yeah. so loud that I had to physically leave, which was a, a bummer. Like for that set until they corrected it, and then I went to a Black Keys show, um, probably Ooh. like four months ago. Not not even that long ago. Probably like four or five months ago. And this is like far out from my recovery, I felt like. And I still had like, I had tinnitus just out of nowhere, even when the show wasn't even happening. It was like just during like setup of instruments and transitions it had gotten triggered. And then just the rest of the show, like I'd already developed a headache from the tinnitus and it made it so hard to like be present and enjoy it, which was a bummer. That's sad. (laughs) Yeah. So that's something that I'm still working through as well. But I've I've kind of been like, I just have to start wearing like earplugs, I guess. I don't know. I, I just, I, that's one of the habits I haven't broke yet. And I don't know if it's like super bad for me or not. Um, I, I actually went to a specialist um, for ears, ear, nose and throat. And they, they tested my ears and everything. And they said that there's no indication that there's any damage to it. Um, but they think that there's, there could have possibly been like some sort of nerve or. That's what I was thinking. Yeah something that is not visible in their their tests that can cause that but like almost like your brain could have just bumped up against a nerve like with yeah. the factory thing. yeah and yeah. i guess it just can't, it just doesn't heal i guess <laughs> like I, if it hasn't healed yet so i'm not sensitive. sure if it's yeah. going to yeah it's it sucks it's like your new norm you know you kind of mm-hmm. just have to listen to your body even if you don't want to it's like ah oh, dang it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And it, and it's hard too when like some of those activities are coping mechanisms. Like for you, yoga is yeah. probably a coping mechanism for me. Music and being in concerts is a coping mechanism. So not being able to do that anymore. It's like, great. I've been relying on that for X amount of years and now I've got to figure out something that yeah. is, is more feasible for yeah. that. But I think it's just always having it in the back of my mind. Like 
I went through a period of time. I think I'm a little bit over this stage, but there, there was like quite a while, probably for about a year where, because I didn't get any answers on a lot of like the symptoms I was having, like it didn't correlate with what they had claimed my injuries were. I just had this like period of time where I was so paranoid where I was like, it's just one day, one day they're going to know what the answer is. And it's going to be too late. There's probably something going on with me that just nobody can figure out. Kind of like, what do you think of like those TV shows, like house and when I had to find those like crazy, you know, rare things. Mm-hmm. And there was like a, a, about a year period of time where I just kept thinking like, anytime now, anytime now they're going to figure it out. And hopefully it's not too late. And I'm definitely out of that phase. Cause I don't have as many symptoms anymore. I think that they've all kind of leveled out for the most part. Um, so I've kind of gotten over that, but there's still like that little part of me that's just like, I still don't know what happened to me. Nobody witnessed it. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, the scans didn't match up with my symptoms. It's just yeah, super bizarre. Super bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing, especially because you're still like right in the thick of everything. I hope you're yeah. okay. And no, I appreciate after it. this. No. Yeah. Oh. I'll lay down for a little bit. <laughs> I feel like you're doing way better than I was. I mean, the fact that you were present during that whole conversation uh-huh. didn't like glaze over at all is awesome. It's just weird how it affects people so differently. 